here with me. They're somewhere around here. I got to find them. Hold on. Uh, okay, never mind. They're somewhere. They're here around somewhere. Something like that. But so what's going on? Let's see here. Um, it's been an interesting week and, uh, you know, just uh, finding new stories and posting to the uh, Facebook page. Uh, I've got, I actually got a surprise for all of you. Um, four different stories this week. And one actually is going to be putting somebody on a spot. Um, I like to do that from time to time. Um, those of you that know me, um, if you're nearby, I'm on the phone. I tend to make jokes while I'm on the phone or try and get people <laughs> Someone embarrassed when I'm on the phone. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, uh, things do happen. And I do like to make jokes. That's the whole point of this podcast is to make jokes with people or just to make people laugh or make them think about why people do the things they do. So that all being said, uh, let's get into our first story, because I did post a question tonight on the Facebook group page. Um, why do people listen? I mean, what draws you to the podcast? And out of the three questions, um, you know, that there were you know, some very interesting questions. I, I think um, I did draw them up, you know, based off of why I feel, why I feel people do listen and out of the three answers I posted, um, one of them was just to see what Stephen finds and discusses. Four people actually voted for that. Um, the other two options were the funny, weird stories or Stephen's sense of humor. I think I have a sense of humor. I really do. Uh, it might not be the greatest sense of humor. <laughs> But I definitely do think I have a sense of humor. Um, those of you that know me personally, and my wife included, she will say I do not have a sense of humor, or it's a very dry sense of humor. That all being said, uh, you know, my sense of humor might be good enough for my wife. Uh, it might be good enough for my friends. Those that don't know me, um, you know, as you listen to the podcast more and I keep going with more episodes, uh, hopefully you do realize that I do have a sense of humor. 
you know, this is a work in progress. Uh, this podcast is still developing. Um, I'm very proud of myself, though. I mean, this is my, let's see, I have had, I had my intro, and then I did two other episodes. Um, and my confidence is actually building on this. I am so psyched to be doing this. And, you know, when I read these stories that I find every week, it, it just... <laughs> It just makes you wonder what people are doing, but you know, I, I enjoy it. I am thrilled by it, and I, I just, you know, they, they, you know, make me feel a little bit better knowing that there's someone else out there that, you know, is doing something just as funny as me, or maybe even funnier, or some might say stupid. But let's go ahead and get into these stories. Um, so the first one I found, I, it was from, it's from the U.S. Sun. I didn't realize the U.S. Sun was here in the United States. I, I know they're a publication in, I think, in uh, England. Um, people want to comment on that, you know, on, the, on uh, my Facebook page or the group page. Please, by all means. But, you know, if you, those of you that know me, I have about two... Three, four. I have about four tattoos. Okay, uh, two of them are Ghostbusters related. Uh, the other ones are from New York. Are my love from New York City and from my mother. Uh, love my mother dearly. Uh, we'll see what happens after tonight. <laughs> but you know, we all have tattoos. Um, not maybe not all of us, but you know, we do have. We you know, some of us do get tattoos, and some of them get you know put in different places. Um, this story that I found this week is from the U.S. Sun. It was back in, actually, this week. Oh, hey, look at me. I'm actually finding news stories that are, or comedy stories that are just, you know, somewhat fresh and new. Um, so, basically, this person, I uh, got a tattoo uh, just below their belly button. And on the t in the tattoo, uh, it says "Eat me." Yeah, uh, it says "Eat me." So the premise of the story is that she was a teenager, uh, seventeen, um, which makes it, you know, in some states, I think all states, um, not okay to get a tattoo. Well, this 17-year-old, at the time with a tattoo, uh, they, you know, her and her friends got a home gun, and they decided to practice on themselves. This young lady decided to get a tattoo that says, eat me, right below her belly button. The story goes on to say that I uh, explained why she ended up with such a dodgy tat. Uh, she says, when I was 17, I had just come out as a lesbian. Uh, me and my friend bought a tattoo gun online and just did tattoos on each other. Yeah. I'm not against tattoos. Like I said, I have a few. Uh, you know, go get a tattoo like this. Well, the story also mentions that it's ruined her love life. Well, you know, things happen. 
Uh, what can I say? Uh, she goes on to say, it's absolutely awful. I hate it so much. It was just destroying every part of her sex life. Uh, luckily, uh, tattoo fixer Alice was on hand to cover it up um, with Holly opting for a feminine lotus flower design. And from the picture I'm looking at, it actually looks pretty kick-ass. So bravo for her for, you know, you know, getting this taken care of and fixed. Um, you know, I, I find these stories, folks. I read them. Do I throw my opinion in there? Yeah, I mean, you know, why not? I'm not on TV. I'm not doing anything live. I'm not doing videos, so you can't see my facial expressions, but I'm sure you can hear them given the silence. Bravo for her for getting it taken care of, though. I will say that. So, how do we counter a story like that? Um, you know, I'm just, you know, you, you find these stories and you, know, you read them and, yeah, that's where I'm at. But this next story, actually, and I mentioned this in my, you know, in my introduction when I did this a few weeks ago, that I would find stories, you know, internationally. Um, here, I'm, I am here in the United States. I am in, you know, the, one of the original 13 colonies. Not West Virginia, though. So <laughs> uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to do that song tonight as an opening just because, I don't know, it just felt like it just felt appropriate. But this story actually comes out of Germany. Uh, it's from The Independent. Uh, so... You know, we all go, you know, we all have our vending machines here in the, you know, in the United States. Uh, you'll find so, you know, sodas, soft drinks, um, energy drinks, you know, your chips, uh, candy, whatever. Well, actually, and this story is from 2019. Uh, a manufacturer in Germany was actually putting in sausages. Sausages. Uh, so the machines sell three or three or four varieties alongside punnets of potato salad. Folks, I'm just gonna say this. You you're selling sausages and punnets of potato salad. I do hope it is refrigerated. Uh you don't want to be getting, you know, maybe maybe the sausages might be okay for a little bit. But potato salad, raw, not a good time. So hungry Germans craving a sausage in the dead of night are increasingly turning to vending machines for their bratwurst, bockwurst, and barbecue meats. The machines are booming outside German cities where shops are less likely to stay open for long hours, according to a survey by the German press agency. This was back in 2019, folks. Um, 2019, here we are, January 24th, 2022. Uh, yeah, it was good back then. I'm sure it's great now. Is it a thing now? Well, I don't know. I didn't really do any more research into this after, you know, uh, after I found the story and read it up on a little bit. Um, it does go on to say, especially in structurally weak rural areas, vending machine solutions are becoming increasingly popular. I will say this, 
my guy. You know, we have our vending machines here in the United States, and we are in a very obese country. If those of you that know me, I struggle with my weight. I had, you know, last year when I had COVID, that was a thing for me because, yeah, COVID happened last year within our house. That being said, uh, I'm taking the necessary measures to actively lose weight, but, you know, and, and a lot of it has to do with the food that we eat. Give it to Germany for putting, you know, vending machines out there for, you know, for, the, for this type of product because it is, it is healthier. You know, I mean, we have Slim Jims, you know, and other products like that, but they're not, you know, sausages though. So, yeah, uh, that is, this is a thing, though. Um, it does go on to say that other stock eggs, milk, butter, fruit, and vegetables, so all the kitchen essentials are available at any time. Apparently, according to this article, there are over 570,000 vending machines in Germany, but despite their popularity, they are expected to complement rather than replace traditional shops operating in areas where a shop may not be economically viable. I've never been to Germany. I've never been outside the United States. The farthest north or closest I've gotten to Canada was when I went to Vermont a few months ago. And I was literally half an hour from the Canadian border. That being said, uh, you know, going down to Florida, going south, uh, you're how close to Cuba from, you know, from the tip of uh, Florida? But that, I've never been outside the country. So, you know, I'm sure Germany has its rural parts, just like we have our rural parts here in, in the United States. I don't know. But like I said, leave it to Germany for uh, coming up with this idea and, uh, you know, going from there. But uh, give it to them because that's, that is kick-ass. And I think I found my audience. <laughs> Better late than never, right, folks? <laughs> so, you know, I, this next story, you know, it really, it, it happens to all of us. You know, we all wind up losing jobs or leaving jobs. And, you know, it's, it, it's a thing. It happens. Well, you know, how, how do you tell somebody or a future employer that, hey, I was terminated from a position? Are you honest? Do you make something up? I've never been in that position. So, um, you know, but I found this one story. Uh, it was from BuzzFeed. It goes on, you know, it pretty much says uh, people who've been fired for ridiculous, stupid reasons are sharing their stories. And I am raging hard. Not me, folks, the author. Uh, this is actually from last uh, July, uh, from Geeky. And, uh, you know, th there's, there's, a, there's quite a list. Uh, let me see here. We are looking at probably, uh, hold on. Um, there are 20 different responses 
to this story on why people, you know, some of the ridiculous things people have gotten fired from. Uh, the first two actually caught my eye because obviously they're, you know, it's a top 20 list. Um, and I just, you know, these two actually caught my eye. So this first one, I this, the person says, I was fired for accidentally showing up for a shift I was not scheduled for, and then leaving when I found out I was not scheduled for said shift. Well, I don't know. I guess that's a thing. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll leave it as it is. The second second reason or the second uh, response goes on to say, I, I got fired from my public library for taking two cards to collect books from the outside Dropbox instead of one. The past few times I've emptied the Dropbox, it required two trips. So I bought two carts instead. Eric's out the matter of how many carts were used to in emptying the Dropbox was a matter of a library board vote, and I was in violation of a town ordinance. Say again, folks. What? Really? <coughs> uh, I mean, it took a a, a, a library board vote to realize that this person was in, in, in violation of the town ordinance? How's that? I mean, is it, doesn't the phrase or the term work smarter, not harder, come into play here? I mean, if the person realized that, hey, you know, if I if I can cut down my, you know, time to take, you know, that's taking this task to get done, wouldn't, wouldn't they be happy about that? But then again, I mean, if you think about it, it, you have, it depends on where they are and, you know, what the city, you know, the city or the town is like. You know, I grew up in New York City. Uh, that's the reason for the name of the podcast. Are you going to do this type of thing in New York City? Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah, being governed by a town ordinance, and maybe they were just looking for a reason to, you know, get rid of this person or terminate them. Um, but yeah, you know, this this did happen, and. It, uh, it is what it is, I guess. You know, these stories don't really go on to say that you know they were rehired or anything like that. So, you know, we'll we'll leave that as it is. So, but you know, I'm having fun with this podcast. This is actually turning out to be a lot more funnier than I you know than I anticipated. Um, you know, and then again, and once again, folks, you know. I do this because I'm trying to make everyone, you know, smile, laugh, you know, just, you know, get your mind off of things. If you come across a story that, you know, you want me to read or, you know, try and elaborate on or make fun of, please get in touch with me. Send it to me on Facebook. I actually do have an email address for the podcast now because in the process of me setting up a website, or web page, I have to I had to create a uh, an email for this thing. So the name of the email address um, is four bridges and a ferry 
at gmail.com. That's four bridges at a ferry at gmail.com. And I think even the audience is happy about that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we got uh, a few more stories left, and uh, we'll uh, go ahead and close the uh, podcast out. You know, this is not, you know, these podcasts are not long at all. Um, you know, that they, you know, I enjoy doing them. I'm actually surprised that they don't last as long. But in the meantime, you know, in the same time, I don't want to overkill this thing either. Uh, you know, it is fun to do. I enjoy doing it as, you know, on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, but, you know, some of the stories are dry and some of them are fun. And... You know, we uh, we here at the podcast with, you know, between the interns and the writers and myself, uh, you know, we try and make it as productive as possible. So this next story, um, I never knew this was a thing. I know I know people that have pacemakers, um, you know, and people get pacemakers all the time. Well, this one technology uh, actually came out of Pennsylvania. Now, my wife is from Philadelphia. Her family is still in Philadelphia. I have friends that are from Philadelphia. Um, I'm not making fun of people from Philadelphia at all because I still have friends that live there, you know, and, and family too. Um, but this whole this hospital in Pennsylvania, um, it's called the Hanneman University Hospital, which was in Pennsylvania, went bankrupt in 2019. Um, you know, some of they did procedures just like any other hospital, you know, when they were around. Um, but there is a legacy, apparently, with this hospital. Um, the story goes on to say that, you know, uh, I'm sorry, what they should do about a woman who still, ha still has a nuclear-powered pacemaker in her chest cavity. Yeah. A nuclear-powered pacemaker in her chest cavity. <laughs> the story goes on to say that um, we didn't know they made nuclear pacemakers either, but apparently they were a thing until the end of the 80s. Yeah, the end of the 80s. I mean, pacemakers have been around for a long time. Uh, I guess, you know, this type of technology was a thing back then. But how do you explain that to somebody? When I mean, you're a doctor, you're telling somebody who needs a pacemaker, hey, I'm going to put a pacemaker in you, but we're going to use nuclear pacemakers. I mean, wouldn't you be a little shocked about that? I mean, nuclear energy and nuclear power has been around since what, Einstein? And that's going back to the 1930s, 1940s. We used it in World War II. And you tell somebody, hey, I want to put a nuclear pacemaker in you because that sounds awesome. Well, the anonymous woman received her pacemaker powered by plutonium minus 238 in 1975 when she was just 23 years old. It functioned until 1995, 
when she received a more modern lithium battery driven device. However, the doctors left the nuclear one inside her. It goes on to say removing it would, would have required extensive surgery, which could have endangered the woman's life. What? Are you serious right now? Seriously? First of all, putting a nuclear-powered device in a, in a person to begin with is part of the most, most, the most smartest idea. But, yeah, this hospital did this back in 1975. Let's see. 1975 minus 1945. I can type. <laughs> That's 30 years between the end of World War II when we used that, tech, that type of technology on two cities in Japan to right, you know, to the middle of, you know, 19, the 1970s. How do you justify that? I mean, really? Yeah. Uh, so obviously, the doctors left a nuclear one inside her. Um, it could have endangered the woman's life. The hospital is that, according to um, according to Pennsylvania law, the Hanneman Hospital is responsible for disposing of the radioactive radioactive device. But it won't be coming out of the woman until she dies, and the hospital no longer exists. So what will they do? Um, you know. As long as the woman's having a good quality care of life and is keeping her alive, uh, sure. But nuclear pacemakers, really? Apparently, according to this article, it used to be a thing. Um, and it goes on to say that even the NRC, which is the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, Practically none of them have been implemented since the 1980, late 1980s. I was born in 1980. But, yeah, you know, this is, this is a thing. Folks, I don't think this story is meant to make you laugh. Maybe you are laughing a little bit. Maybe you're not. Are you thinking maybe the story is stupid? <laughs> uh The NRC knows this because it's their job to keep track of all nuclear-powered devices. But despite the fact that doctors stopped using them, some of them are still inside people's bodies even today. Even this one lady from New Jersey is using one. Um, she got her own little reactive helper when she was 25, more than 30 years ago, at Newark Beth Israel Medical Center in New Jersey. Her device, however, is still perfectly operational. So it has to be because that person is still alive. So, yeah. Uh, oh, boy, I don't. I really don't know. Um, a, bank, a bankruptcy court allowed Hanneman to transfer the pacemaker license alongside the related disposal duties. From now on, Atlanta-based Pierma Fix Environmental Service will get rid of the radioactive tickers when this person passes away. <laughs>
So I promised a surprise this week. I had to change plans a little bit because what the one surprise was, which will happen next week, is actually happening. This is, you know, improv at its best. Um, so I was able to find a program that allows me to make phone calls from my phone to uh, to people through my phone. So this person doesn't know I'm calling them, and this is happening right now. Hopefully they pick up. Hello. Hello. I'm broadcasting. You're on my podcast right now. Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm okay. So I I was explaining to people that I like putting people on the spot because that's what I do. Would you agree okay. with that? Yep. Why? You always do. How's that? When you call, you, you put people on the spot. I can tell I'm doing that with you right now. Yep. <laughs> so how do you feel about this right now? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I'm just, you're, you're actually like the first, like I did, I just did my four stories and you're my, you know, well, once again, Gremlins took over the broadcast or the podcast and ended it. So and that was my mother. I had her, you know, shockingly surprised that I did that. But yeah. So that actually ends the uh, the podcast, though. Um, I want to thank everyone for the people that are listening. I know people are listening. I'm very happy that people are listening. I'm glad that you are giving me the opportunity to, you know, make you laugh, smile, anything like that. So, you know, with that, um, I'm going to go ahead and end this. Hey. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, everyone keeps listening. And, uh, you know, you have, uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. <clears throat> I'm gonna be the man who makes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who gets up next to you. If I hear back, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's heaving to you. But I will walk by hundred miles and I